It's back. And no, I haven't cancelled the podcast. This is the I Will Teach You a Language podcast, episode 153. Welcome to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast. Weekly motivation and language learning tips to help you become fluent in any language. Now, here's your host, Ollie Richards. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast and welcome to Hong Kong. I am in Hong Kong and... Uh, that explains partly the delay in the most recent episodes. I've lost count of the number of people who have messaged me and emailed me asking, you know, what's going on with the podcast? Um, most, like, and it's been on Facebook, on Instagram, it's been on Twitter, all over. So I, the benefit, I guess, of me being a bit slack over the last couple of weeks is that I really appreciate, I really kind of notice that you guys actually miss the podcast when it's not here. And that's good for me because it keeps me motivated and it makes me realize that actually you guys are listening and you enjoy it. And uh, that is really fantastic for me. So I'm sorry for the um, the short hiatus. I've moved from London to Hong Kong for a period of a few months. And to be totally honest, it's just been a little bit too much uh, to continue everything and uh, to record the podcast at the same time. So that's why there's been a delay, but I'm back on track now. I'm going to make sure that we stick to the schedule. I might even throw in a few bonus episodes as well to keep you entertained over Christmas. Um, but today, uh, we are back on track. And before we start the episode today, I'd like to thank the sponsors of the show. Of course, the wonderful italki. And if you're looking for a language teacher, italki is the place to do it. You can get a wide variety of teachers and take lessons anywhere you want. I've had lessons in my car, at work, but just don't tell my boss about that, <laughs> at home, in the cafes, and it's just fantastic, very, very flexible, very easy. And if you'd like to get a free lesson, then you can go to IWillTeachYouAlanguage.com forward slash free lesson. Now, since I've come to Hong Kong and I'm kind of starting a new mini life here, even though it's just for a few months, I thought I would take a second to talk about traveling and learning languages when you travel. Because I think a lot of people have these these kind of dreams and these images of of you know, th- thinking like, oh, if only I could travel abroad, if only I could go and live in Japan, I'd be fluent in Japanese in no time. But I think as any of you who have lived abroad will know, it's not necessarily the case. Now, I've, I've met people who have moved abroad for some time and become very fluent. I'm thinking about a friend of mine, Alex, who is, um, he spent last year in Hong Kong, actually, on a university exchange. And he was here for like a year of, I think, 14 months, and he went from like zero in Cantonese to speaking really fluently over that time, you know, better than me. Um, and that's, I mean, it's fantastic. And I've, I've met a few people who do that. Generally, people who succeed effortlessly in learning languages when they go abroad tend to be very social, very outgoing. Often they get thrust into a situation like a university exchange, for example, where you're surrounded by other people who speak the language, you need to talk to people. But if you're not like a extremely kind of extroverted, um, you know, if, you, if you're like me and you don't just like kind of randomly talking to strangers on the street and stuff, and you're not in a situation like um, like a university or in, or in a job where everyone around you speaks the language, you've got to create your own opportunities. And any of, you know, if you've ever been abroad to learn a language, you will have learned probably that it's not necessarily as easy as you think. There are all kinds of things that can stand in the way. And I've talked about this before, so I'm not going to go into a great deal of, of depth. Um, 
But I think my main feeling about moving abroad is because I've lived in, well, I mean, I've lived in, in France, in Brazil, Argentina, Japan, Qatar, Egypt, and now for a short time in Hong Kong. Um, I've had very similar experiences um, in every single place. And I think that the, the, the main thing for me is when you go to live abroad, especially if you go on your own, you're, you kind of yanked yourself out of your normal life and suddenly you can start to feel quite lonely. You don't have your friends. You don't have the, the food you want. You don't have your routine. Lots of things that you don't have. And so our need to feel comfortable, to feel at home and to make a life for ourselves can lead us to make decisions that aren't necessarily very helpful for language learning. A lot of people find that they move abroad and fall in with a group of expats who they go drinking with or something like that or um, fall in with a group of people that speak very good English because it's just easier and more fun that way. And if you're not careful, before you know it, you can be living a, you can be living abroad uh, with a life that is in English. So you, in many cases, you may as well just have stayed at home. So I'm going to talk about a few things that I've been doing in Hong Kong to create the environment that I need to improve my Cantonese. And I've been speaking to a, a few friends of mine before I went, asking them for some tips on this. And my friend Kyle from Sensible Chinese gave me a few great tips. Um, Jan van der Aar from uh, Language Boost, he uh, gave me some good tips as well. Um, and I, I've kind of been doing it my own way, <laughs> I think. But here are, in no particular order, some of the things that I've been doing in Hong Kong to create this Cantonese environment for myself. So first of all is the the point that I do not particularly like just kind of talking to random people on on the street. Um, it's they're usually short interactions. You don't learn very much. And in a place like Hong Kong, often the people that you speak to will speak great English as well. And they're just used to speaking to everybody in English here because, you know, English is kind of the lingua franca, especially if you look if you look like me with blonde hair and blue eyes. So because of, I, I know this because it's happened to me a bunch of times before. So what I've been doing is to create dedicated opportunities to speak. I know that if I don't do anything special, I won't get much Cantonese practice. And so what I've been doing is I've been going to language exchange websites, particularly conversationexchange.com and mylanguageexchange.com. And I've been finding people who want to do exchanges in English and Cantonese. The good thing for me is I have time whilst I'm here. Um, so I can afford to do, I have the time to do a language exchange where, you know, we maybe uh, spend a bit of time speaking English and then a bit of time speaking Cantonese. And what that does is it means that every time I hang out with um, someone that I meet from these from these sites, I get guaranteed time speaking Cantonese. And, you know, last week I, I, I basically dedicated to doing that. I met some great people and spent lots of time, um, you know, an hour or two at a time speaking um, Cantonese. And that's great. A lot of these people are also very cool, so I'm going to you know, hang out with them more. And it's kind of like, uh, it's creating opportunities to meet people who understand what you're going through. And so I now know that every day, if I choose to ar arrange these language exchanges every day, I can get that guaranteed practice. And that's really, really important because already, like in the last couple of weeks, I felt my confidence has started to grow. When I first came here, I had no confidence in Cantonese. It's crazy. I've been learning it for years couple of years and because I've just been doing it through uh, through like um, online lessons through studying with books I can say a bunch I can say lots of stuff but I'm not very good at that kind of daily interaction that you only get from living and surrounding yourself with with 
with people. So that's the first thing I've been doing to create dedicated opportunities to speak, even though in theory it should be easy. Um, but here, certainly, it's not. <laughs> the second thing is that living here in Hong Kong, the big benefit for me, the, like the, the main thing that I can learn here that I can't learn back in London, for example, is daily vocabulary. And so I, you know, have learned so much stuff in the last couple of weeks that you would never learn on a Skype lesson, for example. So things like the word for platform in the metro or the way to say something like, um, you know, I'm going to start eating first or asking for direct, asking for directions, these kind of daily interactions and vocabulary that you need to kind of get around in your daily life. These are the things that that really you, you, you get the opportunity to learn very quickly when you live abroad. And so I've been prioritizing that every time I come across, um, a new word, especially something that is really useful in daily life like that, I stick it straight in my flashcards. Uh, I've talked about this many times before. Um, flashcards are super useful for so many reasons, but one of the most useful things about flashcards is whenever you learn a new word, you can just get your phone out and quickly type it into your flashcards and then you've got it, a record of it there. So vocabulary for daily life goes straight into my flashcards. Um, and, and so yeah, I capture absolutely everything. I make it a point of every time I hear something new, it always goes into my flashcards. Now, the other side of that is keeping a record of things that I want to be able to say. So, uh, let me see if I can think of an example. Um, the, uh, well, I'm not sure if I can think of something straight away, but you know, when you are in another country and you think, oh, I really want to be able to say that. Um, oh yeah, actually, I so you get last night I was coming home and for some reason the, the octopus card, which is like your Metro card that lets you in and out of the Metro, it didn't, um, it didn't register. There was some problem. So when I came out of the Metro, it didn't let me out. So I had to go to the guy and I had to ask him, um, yeah, I had to tell him there was some, there was some problem. Um, and I couldn't think of the best way to say the car wouldn't let me out. I mean, I know that's a very kind of English way of saying it and I'm sure they have a, a different ex- way of expressing that here, but I had to, I didn't know how to say that. And so what I did was I used my flashcards again to write down that thing that I didn't know how to say. So on a separate deck in my flashcards, I've got this, this, this huge list now of things in English that I would like to be able to say in Cantonese. And so next time I hang out with my, one of my language exchange partners, I can simply say to them, look, I've got all of these things I want to be able to say. Can you tell me how to say them? And then they tell me and I can put those, I can put the translations there into my flashcards. So that's really, really useful to, again, make sure that I'm building up the ability to say things that I need to say on a daily basis. Hopefully my Metro card won't keep blocking me, but again, it's still all useful stuff, right? Now, the next thing is that I think you own, when you're living abroad, you only need one or two great connections to form a really good learning environment. I always find that you don't need hundreds of friends. It's always nice, but, but you don't need to know hundreds of people and be to be doing everything. Often, you know, you can just meet one person or two people who you really get on with and they can, and then, you know, for a language project, maybe they're happy to speak to you in Cantonese or maybe they don't speak very good English. And if you've got, if you meet a couple of people like that, that can create your, your, your best impossible environment. You can hang out with them every day. You can um, get them to help you with things. But in order to meet those people, 
you've got to roll the dice. I mean, you've got to go out and put yourself in situations where you're going to meet as many people as possible. So one of the things I've been doing is going to as many different kind of social events as possible. And meetup.com is fantastic for that. You know, there's all kinds of meet, like language meetups, social meetups, pub crawls, things like that. In the first couple of weeks here, I've been going out to as many of these things as possible to try and meet those you know, there's one or two people who can become really good friends and can really, really help me out. So that's that's the next thing. Number five is commuting time. Now, depending on where you live, um, the place where I'm staying in Hong Kong, which is Yunlong, which is out in the in the new the new territories, it's about it takes me about 45 minutes to actually get into central Hong Kong, and so it's quite easy just to kind of sit back on the metro and do nothing or listen to podcasts or something. But I've been using that daily commuting time for study. And sometimes it takes a bit of effort to kind of pull yourself up and get that book out and start studying on the train. But because I'm doing that, that gives me an extra hour and a half, 45 minutes each way, every single day of studying. So it's really important, even though you're living abroad, you've got to still use the time you have for studying because it all compounds. Likewise, and this is number six, I'm always using my dead time for revision. Whenever I'm waiting for a bus or waiting for someone or whatever I always just get out my flashcards and I try to hammer through these the, the the vocabulary that I'm trying to learn and I think the point here is like don't stop studying just because you're living abroad like don't fall into that trap of thinking oh cool I'm I'm living abroad now so I don't need to uh to study because I'll just learn no it doesn't work like that you have to keep studying so I'm really using all of the three free time that I've got to keep learning, memorize vocabulary, um, find out how to say certain things. It's all really, really useful. You've got to keep studying. The last thing that I've been doing is, and this is very Ollie, really, this is is very me, but it's something that everybody can do. And it's to just look for ways to involve yourself a little bit more in the language. So one of the things that I've started doing here is to actually create my own materials And it's something that I started doing in London, actually, to finding um, Cantonese friends to actually um, make recordings for me and to start to um, kind of, yeah, so to basically make recordings of Cantonese being spoken in real situations. And what I'm doing is I'm taking that and I have a friend, um, Israel, who is is, uh, transcribing, translating all of that stuff into English. And I use it as study material. It's really super useful. And what's going to happen is that when after some time after i've built up this big library of uh of of cantonese material that's something that hopefully is going to be useful for hundreds of other people out there um to study with as well and so i'm kind of thinking right it would be cool to create these cantonese materials as a service for the cantonese learning community because there's not much material out there for cantonese so how can i i'm kind of thinking how can i find people around the place who who could who would be willing to help me do that? And um, and as a result, I've asked around a few different people here, and I said, "Hey, would you be up for helping me, uh, you know, record some 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 Cantonese conversations and and making this material?" And people have said, "Yeah, that sounds really cool," and they're really up for it. And so I've met some more people through that as well. So really, the the point of this is think outside the box. Think of you've got to be proactive. You've got to create opportunities and. 
by doing a combination of all these things, I've found that I'm kind of meeting people here. I'm speaking much more of the language than I might otherwise, and just generally having a really good time. Okay, so I hope this is useful for you um, if you uh, are living abroad right now, or if you're thinking about going abroad. Hopefully, this will provide a little bit of um, of inspiration, some food for thought about how you can make more out of the experience. If you'd like to to leave a comment on the episode or go to any of the links that I've mentioned today, you can go to iwillteachyourlanguage.com forward slash episode 153 to let me know your thoughts. Now, if you would like to ask me a question, then please go to iwillteachyourlanguage.com forward slash ask, and I, I try to answer every question that comes through. And at the end of every episode, I like to leave you with a resource of some kind on the topic of the show. Today I'm going to give you a quote. It's been a while since we've done a quote, but I think this one really nicely sums up my mentality whilst I'm here, and in general my attitude to language learning. And it's a quote by uh, Francis Bacon, and he said, A wise man will create more opportunities than he finds. Thank you very much for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode of the podcast. Take care.